What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi DeRoe. I'm your host of The Mixed Experience, the only live weekly show about being racially and culturally mixed, brought to you by a mixed chick sharing her mixed thoughts about a mixed-up world. Okay, today is a special bonus episode, and I'm very excited to speak to these folks because they have actually created a business and a book around these issues that we all so much care about. Before I introduce them, though, yes, I do have announcements. I know I have announcements every week, but it's so, so important because I have a labor of love. It's called the Mixed Remixed Festival, and it's happening on June 13th, which is next week, guys. Oh, my God. And um, we just had the most amazing, exciting thing happen. We got our first big national uh, press article out. It's a full page, a full magazine page in the Costco Connection for June 2015. I know you guys go to Costco. Come on. Uh, You know you get the Costco Connection, and now you have a really good reason to read it. So go check out your Costco Connection and read this wonderful story about the Mixed Remix Festival. I'm just over the moon about this. Yay! And if you have not registered yet, register right now because after that Costco article came out on Friday afternoon, our website traffic went crazy and the programs are filling up now because people have heard about us all over. So if you haven't registered and you're coming, go and register and save a spot for yourself at www.mixedremix.org. And then just one last thing, Um, tell your friends, It looks like from what we know so far, the way that people know about the festival is because friends and family have told them. So if you haven't told anyone you're going, tell them. If you haven't told anyone about the festival, tell them. Uh, It's really an amazing and fun experience. And uh, yeah, it, it changes some lives too, I think. Anyway, so enough of that. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at the festival June 13th, www.mixremix.org. All right, so our guests today, um, they're pretty cool. And I haven't spoken to them, but I just know they're cool because, well, of what they do. So we have with us today the founders of Multicultural Kids, Susie Ramirez and Lynn Raspit. Lynn, I hope I've said that right. That was the one thing I forgot to ask you about. But let me tell you a little bit about them. They are Culturally Curious Sisters, and they're co-creators of the newly released book, Beautiful Rainbow World, a lyrically inspired, soul-filled photography book of global children, which they have created through their creative publishing company, Two Poppies, and you can find them at twopoppies.com. Susie lives in Southern California, and she's married, has two lovely animal and nature-loving girls. Creativity, nature, travel, and movement are things that inspire her. Lynn 
is a mom of four who bounces all over the country with her Air Force pilot hubby. I totally get that. My dad is in the Air Force, and she loves discovering new places to travel and adventure everywhere they live. She's currently in El Paso, Texas. Previously, she was a bilingual English-Spanish kindergarten teacher in California. She loves capturing real life with her camera and has been featured on several photography sites. I'm really excited to welcome these two great entrepreneurs and creative spirits, uh, Susie and Lynn. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Okay, so you guys are the youngest sisters in a family, and I don't know who's older, but (laughs) you'll have to decide who gets to answer (laughs) the number one question of the mixed experience first. Um, Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm just going to throw – is that you, Susie? Are you going to take it over? That's Susie. Okay. Sure. She's got it. (laughs) She's got it. So you can copy her, Lynn, if you want, but you don't, you know, everybody gets their own answer. Here's the question. What are you? Um, that's, that's a filled question there. Um, <laughs> as far as race, we were brought up believing we were half German and Irish Scottish mostly and a little bit um, Native American. So, and we were really, really proud of the Native American part part of the Choctaw tribe and um, so but mostly we were brought up um, believing we were German mostly German um, with last names being Schmidt from our mother and Stroud from our dad on the like our grandmother's side so um, very German sounding names Um, Lynn like we said we're very culturally curious so Lynn had a DNA test done for our family and it came back that we were Scandinavian not at all German <laughs> uh, I don't know if our ancestors just immigrated to Germany and then immigrated to the United States from there, or how it all worked out. Really, um, we're also part Spanish, so um, us Latin-loving sisters also get to claim a little bit of Latin uh, essence to our bloodline. But um, so, yeah, that's what we were brought up believing: is Irish, Scottish, and German, with the native. And, and what do you um, say you are today? You know what? I really don't uh, talk about race that much for myself. I don't. It just doesn't come up all that often. So, and, and Lynn, what about what, what about you, Lynn? I will steal my my mixed race son's answer, who gets asked all the time, "What are you?" And um, I will just say, I'm a human being, and I'm an American. Yeah. Because that is what he has learned to respond to people <laughs> because awesome. he feels like when they ask him that question. That they, he says, I'm not an alien. I'm not. He goes, I'm not a dog breed. Like it, it that question <laughs> really bothers him. So he says right. he responds with saying he's a human being. So I'll take that I answer. Love that. <laughs> I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, and that's how I resonate with. He? Hmm? he must be. A, he's in his preteens or in his teens. He's 14. Just turned 14. Yeah. Yes. So. Such an awesome answer. Well, it's always the first question I ask our guests because it's a question, obviously, that a lot of mixed-race people are asked all the time. And there, there's a toll taken on it, but there's also uh, some feeling of empowerment to be able to turn the tables and, and then kind of show how crazy a question it is because it's mm-hmm. so complicated, right? Like it's either so simple like your son says he's a human being or it's so complicated because you're so many different things, right? Correct. Right. And yeah, in our case, 
he is, you know, um, his racial background is mixed, but culturally my husband and I are both, uh, you know, white Americans. So that is how he, you know, that's what, that's our household, you know? So for him, it is a big mixed bag of, you know, for him, it's a very loaded question because he could answer it in so many different ways. And, you know, so, Mm -hmm. um, for him, I think that he just took the simple road, (laughs) simple road. So, (laughs) you know, we're all the same. So. That's, I like that's that a my lot. belief is that we're all the same too. We're just so yeah. hung up on the race question, and uh, you know it bothers my husband a lot too because he's what people would probably consider to be Mexican American descent, but he's like, I don't know, I don't relate to Mexico, or you know, I wasn't born there, I don't speak Spanish, and it bothers him when people consider him Mexican. He prefers to go by Latin. So oh, interesting. We, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we talk a lot on this show about this need for self-identification you know whatever that is and um, it's so powerful to be able to name yourself even if it doesn't match up with whatever the labels are that society it wants to assign you um, and, and it sounds like you guys have been straddling those borders for your entire life <laughs> without even knowing it at right. some point. <laughs> well I think growing up in right. Southern California you know having military background and now seeing that it can be much more loaded in other parts of the country um you know so to to us and so the way we were raised you know having a different cultural background or coming from a mixed background was just like oh cool like what can I learn from you you know and then having it have a negative connotation depending you know we just moved from the deep south so that was you know certainly a totally different experience than being you know than being raised in Southern California. So, you know, it just depending on where you are and who you're around and, you know, that, that question or, you know, even just having a mixed background is so different dependent on where you are. So that's really made me reflect on it more than, you know, had I always lived in Southern California with my, you know, mixed race children. So I think that totally is true for a lot of the guests who I speak with that they're, the way they identify has a lot to do with the landscape in which they grew up, meaning, you know, geographically, did they grow up in Europe or did they grow up in the South or did they grow up in the Midwest or, or did they grow up in a place like Southern California, Los Angeles, where so many people are um, blended families and well, there are just a lot of mixed people. And I think here in LA, at least uh, when I talk about their festival, they're like, Oh really? Does that mean everyone can come? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like we're all yeah, yeah. So we're all mixed. <laughs> well, right. One of I mean, the things. Even, yeah, go ahead. Even because um, we we were kind of boxed into the you're white Caucasian, but if if you want to get really specific about it, we you know we have the Irish, we have the Scottish, we have the Scandinavian, we have Spanish. You know, so I mean, it's just because it all happens to look fairly white that we were kind of just boxed into one little. Box. So it's kind of kind of unfortunate that we don't get any of those cultural benefits that some people have. Like, I don't know. I mean, in regards well, you, to like the neat stories there, that you know, and and foods and things like that. I don't know. No, I, I totally fun- I get that. Like, and and this is one of the reasons when I talk about my own mixed background, I always talk about being Danish as opposed to being um, half white, because mm-hmm. it's that that cultural connection that is so important to me, the foods and the language and kind of the cultural touch points. Um, 
so one of the things I'm always curious about, and, and it's, I wanted to bring it up because I was looking over a lot of the registrations for the festival, um, Mixed Remixed, and one of the questions we asked in the registration, because it helps us with our own grant proposals and um, also for future projects we can do, and also it affirms the reason we're doing it, but we asked the people who registered to tell us why the Mixed Remix Festival was important. And one of the voices actually said, um, I think it's really important, but I am a little disappointed that there are so many um, white people speaking at the festival. And gosh, it, it took me aback a little bit because for me, part of the, the reason I want to do this podcast is to create a bigger tent so that we are not as mixed race people or um, yeah, as mixed race, multiracial people that we are not so insular that we don't broaden the conversation. So I'm interested to know how do you guys as people who quote unquote read as white, um, regardless of what your heritage or your families uh, look like, how do you, um, how, how are you perceived when you enter this conversation about multiracial, multicultural identity? It's usually in the context of our children, I would say. Mm -hmm. Although I have now a last name that people connotate as being Latin, it's Ramirez. Um, so, you know, I get Spanish mail and sometimes some Spanish phone calls, <laughs> things like that, um, which I never would have gotten before with the last name Carlisle. Um, so um, it's usually in regards to our children, though. And, and for me, living in Southern California, I mean, about as far as the conversation goes is wow, your kids have such beautiful skin color. <laughs> so <and> They're jealous <laughs> that I'm not as concerned about sunscreen as they are. So, uh, just that's, that's about as far as it goes. You know, once in a while they'll ask my girls. If, you know, they really don't even ask them if grandma speaks Spanish or anything because, I don't know, my husband's family has been here for several generations, so they don't speak Spanish. They, they still make some Spanish foods, but it's more just because they're good cooks. But, um, yeah. yeah. And Lynn, what know. about you? I would say the same thing in the context, you know, of my kids. You know, I, you know, I would agree with Susie. Um, you know, she normally she's sort of more our PR person as far as the company, simply just because of the, the sort of a more uncertainty of my life. So, you know, I don't get to participate in this, these kinds of things as much as she does. You know, so um, I would agree with her that you know, I, for us, like. You know, a big part of our story is that, you know, our mother was always, a, like, she always saw different as beautiful. Like, not different, like, as, like negative, but, like, if somebody was different from us, like, came from a different country or a different, lived a different lifestyle, it was always seen as a celebration. So that's, like, our frame of looking at things. So there was no, like, there was, like, no piece of us, like, not fitting in. Do you know what I mean? Because we were always raised to see, you know, so it's, like, there is no... Like, why wouldn't I belong? Because everybody belongs, you know? So so that piece. And then, right. you know, and, and, and our family, um, our oldest nieces and nephews are half Filipino. And then my um, brother is married to a girl from the Azores, which is part of Portugal. And my niece speaks fluent Portuguese. So, you know, our family has always been this family of many cultures, even if we are um, perceived as, you know, like you said, as white. So I don't, I don't, you know, does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I I get so excited when I get to talk to people like you who have these super multicultural families. Like in my family, they're African-American, Danish, uh, Irish from Ireland, uh, Filipinos from the Philippines, uh, Russian Jews. I'm, I know I'm missing some people here, but we, Correct, <laughs> we're, yeah. we're coming from, and obviously African-American as well. And, you know, we're coming from all over and there's no way that people could do the math on us if they saw us as a group. But what, mm-hmm. what binds us is this kinship. Is, this is our family. This is who we are. This is who we love, right? Right, exactly. Um, so and our you, mom doesn't you, like to take the credit for it. It's so funny. She does not like to take the credit for it, but obviously she instilled something in us. I mean, <laughs> I really, honestly, I got all the way up to eighth grade, and I was completely shocked when I found out that um, there was a number put on the population of black people, Vietnamese people, etc., in our school. Like, there was the demographics. It completely, I was like, why are they even counting? I just could not even fathom why it would matter. Well, it's so interesting you said that because I'm assuming we're kind of maybe around the same age. I think I'm Mm -hmm. older, but around the same age. And um, in Southern California, where my niece and nephew grow up, they have a habit of talking about people as, you know, the guy in the red jacket. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to my niece. She's uh, African-American and Filipino, um, father African-American and mother Filipino. And she... I was talking to her about The Bachelorette. I know she's 12 and she probably shouldn't be watching it, but she's watching it. And <laughs> she, I said, well, you know, who's your favorite of all the guys there? And she goes, and I, I mentioned a name and she's, no, uh, no, I think I remember who he is, but no, I really like the guy in the red jacket. And I kept thinking, who's the guy in the red jacket? Who's the guy in the red jacket? And I finally figured out it was one of the, three African-American guys on the show. Instead of like saying one of the three African-American guys, she's like the guy in the red jacket. Do do you find that your kids relate to race in the same way? Well, my kids, they'll say like the girl with the darker hair or the girl with the darker skin, if they're going to say anything, but they won't like name a race. Very, very rarely. I I think this is a grand, fantastic move. Uh, Like this is a step ahead in our world. What do you think? I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'm really hoping so. Um, okay. I think our kids are very culturally curious too. So, and I have so I have my oldest two, our oldest two children are mixed race, and my youngest two I have a redhead and a blonde with blue eyes. So like, you know, so for them like you know, skin is we celebrate our our skin, but you know what I mean? They would never you know, their most precious loved ones, you know, have different color skin. So it's never, you know, they would never even think of it in our family in the context of race because we're all, you know, just one family. So, you know, for us, it's like she, Susie said, it might be, oh, you know, this person with the, you know, she has the skin the color of, you know, cinnamon or, you know, things yeah. like that. So, you know. I love it. I think we're actually making progress. And and I feel like what you guys are doing with your work, your your creative work as well as the business, is really important. Can you tell us a little bit about the genesis of multicultural kids and, and what you guys what your mission with it is? Go, Susie. 
<laughs> well, Lynn and I um, have always wanted to work together, um, and since she had the teaching background and I, I kind of came from a marketing graphic design background, um, when we discovered Multicultural Kids was, was actually an ongoing business that was for sale. So we took it over from somebody else. Um, it seemed like the perfect fit for our two talents to combine, and we were in two different locations so um, because of her military life. So we just figured an online business to work together surrounding around the concept of education and culture just sounded perfect for us. So um, that was how Multicultural Kids, as far as our ownership of it, came to be. So, um, and that's always been our mission for it. Um, and and what, what do you sell? I mean, what, what, um, what are the products there for Multicultural Kids that people can find? Um, we sell books, costumes, DVDs, uh, music, um, games, maps, um, all kinds of different things like that. So it's a lot of, I would consider it more educational products, but um, so all kinds of things that are specific to culture, but then also we have a section called Peaceful and Green, which we just try to sell things where there's um, books and different things that generate the feeling of just, I don't know, acceptance for everybody and just liking yourself, character building, things like that. So. Awesome. Um, and from that, you guys have started twopoppies.com. And this beautiful, beautiful book, Beautiful Rainbow World, tell us a little bit about that. Go ahead, Lynn. So um, several years ago, back when my oldest, Ellie, was um, born and Susie had Paris, we came up with this idea, like she had said, we'd always wanted to work together. And we said we had thought of doing a book called Mixed Blessings. Um, we even put a call out. We um, contracted with a photographer before, or not contracted, but we're communicating with a photographer before I became involved with photography and um, had this great idea for a book called Mixed Blessings. And in the meantime, I don't know if you want to take this part over, Susie, because this is kind of <laughs> your part yeah. with the oh, – you know, so it it actually ties into the Japanese National Museum that you're going to be doing your uh, event at. So a book called Mixed came out. Uh, Kip Fulbeck, I think his name is. Did yes, he's, he's a good friend and of girl, mine. And, yeah, and yeah, my, 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 my uh, girls were invited to be part of that book. Oh, good. Um, you know, my, my niece and nephew are in there as well. <laughs> Oh really? They're, my girls are not in there because actually it was almost it was I couldn't even go to the photo shoot because I'm like this is exactly the book I want to create. So we had our friends. Several of our friends are in that book. Though. Our friends' kids, I mean. But go ahead. Susan. Yes, yes. So I went to the opening of that that book at the museum, and on the way there, I heard Daria's song "Beautiful Rainbow World," and I thought this could be our book. With the lyrics to this song, Beautiful Rainbow World, we can talk about all the children. Because now, by now, Lynn has kids that are not considered quote-unquote mixed. And we wanted to include all of her children. And that meant, like, we wanted to be able to include all of the children of the world. You know, the dark, the light, the in-between, the redheads, the blondes, the darkies. You know, it's like all around. So we just wanted to go all around the rainbow of children and the world. So mixed and non-mixed. So... That's what we wanted well, it, to do. It's a beautiful book. It's a, a book of photographs and then the lyrics to this song. And it's so life-affirming to see all of these, as you said, blends and, and kids of different colors and shapes and sizes 
um, just having fun in the world. Yeah. It's the kind of book I wish I'd had when I was young so that I could find myself and my family <laughs> in, in what I was looking at. What has mm-hmm. been the reception to the book, Susie? Oh, we've been getting, I mean, we've had people tell us they've been brought to tears by it. So it's been really good as far as um, anyone that gets their hands on it. Uh, we still have to get it further out there into the world. Lynn and I are a little lacking in our own self-promotion abilities. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so we, um, everything that we've heard so far has been really positive. So and we're actually su- really- surprised because there's really, we've never come across something even similar to it. You know, it's just funny because it seems like once you see it, like why, why isn't there more like this? You know, but there's really, like if you look on Amazon, there's like, no books that are that are even you know they might you know they might be illustrations or you know have the same idea but not with real children or you know so that's what's been kind of neat so it feels like it's filled a void um, you know that I don't even know if we realized was there I mean I think some people did but you know that's neat is it's like okay it's this piece we've added to the world that you know wasn't really there before so well it's it's absolutely definitely needed and. And I'm hoping that there's more. What What's up next for two poppies? <laughs> we have, we have so, many, so many ideas. Um, more children's um, books? That's actually yeah. where we'd like to turn our business is to focus on writing more children's books, definitely. And, you know, basically along that same line of either celebrating cultures or, you know, celebrating that we all have a different way of looking at things, but that doesn't you know, but together, you know, we can see the full picture, you know, and that we all have something to learn from each other, but all this piece of, like, you know, understanding each other and the world a little bit better and a little more acceptance as opposed to, you know, um, conflict, you know. Like, difference is a good thing instead of difference is a bad thing. Does that make sense? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Yeah, yeah, and to embrace the the difference in families as well, which is just a really amazing, life-affirming thing to be able to have happen. Um, well, so if people want to reach you guys, how would they reach you? And how, how do they connect with, with your work and, um, and find the products that you're making? Um, um, our, for the ones we're making would be through Two Poppies. So it would be hello at twopoppies.com. And then and for Multicultural Kids, it's multiculturalkids.com is the website where all, we sell all the products. And we also have Facebook pages for both. So Multicultural Kids and Two Poppies both have uh, Facebook pages. Awesome. And I have to say a personal thank you to you both for donating uh, copies of Beautiful Rainbow World to the Mixed Remix Festival this year. We were able to raise a bunch of money through our Indiegogo campaign by offering it as a perk, but we still have some more that we're going to be giving away at the festival. So that's another reason that you should be at the Mixed Remix Festival on June 13th, guys, if you're listening. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm just so excited by the work that you're doing. I hope you'll keep me posted on your upcoming projects. And, and Susie, since you're in L.A., uh, let's get together. That would be wonderful. And we really want to try and be a part of your festival next year. Um, Absolutely. It's time conflict this year. but So, yeah. That we would love to. It's just such neat work that you're doing. Thank you so much. We'll right back at you. Thank you guys both for making time for the mixed experience today. And I, I look forward to hearing more. This has been great to talk to you. So check out multiculturalkids.com and definitely 
get this beautiful book, Beautiful Rainbow World, um, and it's a beautiful song. And we'll have Daria on on June 15th if you want to hear the story about the folk singer who's done the lyrics, the song, to the book. Um, Thank you guys both for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So I just love um, talking to them because what they're doing is really important. Like one of the things that is challenging about talking about these things is that we have boxed them off into, um, well, Twitter rants sometimes, <laughs> and then on the opposite spectrum uh, in the high towers, high ivory towers of academia. And what we really need is to have this become part of a mainstream conversation. And one of those ways is through commerce and also through stories. And they're doing both, which I think is really awesome. So do check out multiculturalkids.com and and do get a copy of this beautiful, wonderful book, Beautiful Rainbow World, and listen in on June 15th when we talk to Daria, the singer who wrote the lyrics to the song, which is included with the book. Yeah, it's that cool. Okay, guys. This is The Mixed Experience. I'm your host, Heidi DeRoe. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, if you're listening out there right now, I would just so love it if you would post a review on iTunes. That helps a bunch. It helps the rankings and the listings, and that means we'll get more listeners. Uh, If you have show ideas or comments or notes, please email me at Heidi at HeidiWDeRoe.com. And uh, if you're listening today, June 1st, we have another episode later today at 5.30 Eastern uh, with the author of The Sympathizer. So tune in then. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, I will talk to you again very soon. Bye-bye.